on Thanksgiving Day and on Christmas Day. It's that moment when everyone sits down long enough and breathes deep enough to realize that everything else is just extra. Just being together, knowing that God loves us, that is absolutely enough. And that there is no perfect pumpkin pie recipe or no exquisitely wrapped gift that is ever going to substitute for that exact moment. The challenge, though, is being ready for when that moment arrives. And I think that that's what brings so much anxiety to so many of us during that, this, this season because we don't want to miss that moment. You don't want to be in the kitchen perfecting your green bean casserole and then the moment comes and you missed it. You definitely don't want to be the one making that last minute run for one more gift to put under the tree just in case that's going to be the one that's going to push it over the edge and you're out at the convenience store and you miss the moment. That's a concept, that's a basic concept that, that followers of Jesus need to understand so that we can best be prepared for that grand moment of Jesus' return. Peter writes it this way, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Now, that's not a scare tactic. Peter's not trying to guilt trip everybody or, or do one of those the sky is falling type moments. Peter is giving us a simple truth. Our time is limited. Your time is limited. You are not granted an infinity amount of moments on this side of glory. So Peter says, we need to take that seriously. And we need to have discipline. My preaching professor, when I was going through the doctoral program, he was, he was about 85 years old when, when I was getting ready to graduate. And he said to me, I don't buy green bananas anymore. Because he understood that his time was going to be limited. And so he needed to be prepared for that. Which sounds like a stodgy parent lecturing a high school student. But at the heart of what Peter's saying is this. He knows that we all make excuses for why we can't do things at certain times in our lives and why we can't do things in timely ways. He knows, he knows that we can justify not doing the right thing and some of us are so good at it that we can make ourselves seem righteous in the process of not doing the right thing because we don't want to put in the time to do it. And he also knows that we often don't take seriously the needs of the world because we're pretending that we have enough time to deal with those needs later on. So knowing this, Peter says, all right, look, start here. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Two parts to this love. First, if we genuinely love someone, then we make the things that they ask of us and their needs a priority in our lives. You can tell a lot about what you love by what you prioritize. And if we do that and we mess up, and, and here's the breaking news, all of us mess up sometimes because we're human, 
and, and we fail each other sometimes. But if we do that, then that love between us, that's going to cover a multitude of sins. God demonstrated this kind of love for us in Jesus Christ in that while we were still sinners, he went to the cross for our sins. He covered a multitude of our sins through his love. Now, since today we are celebrating Pastor Sung's 15th anniversary of ordination, I picked this particular passage especially for Sung because Sung demonstrates all of these things that Peter talks about here, including love covering a multitude of sins. <laughs> I was going to list them all for you, but we don't have that kind of, kind of time. But in the office, in, in, our, in our office and in and, and staff meeting, um, and those of you that have ever been on a mission trip with Sung or any kind of, anything that ran on a schedule, you're going to appreciate this a lot. We talk about things running on Sung time. Now, Sung time is like beach time, except slower, <laughs> Right? So very rarely, and, and for those of you that are visiting this morning and you're like, wow, she's really harsh on him. We're married. It's okay. Um, but very rarely has, has Pastor Sung been overcome with any sense of urgency about anything ever. And, and I think this is why people, why, why Pastor Sung can love people so very well. This is why he is hospitable, and he can be hospitable to one another without any kind of complaining, because Sung will pour himself out for people to the detriment of his own time and schedule. He is one of the few people I know that can sit and listen for hours as someone talks about their grandniece's neighbor's cat's failed tumor surgery that may or may not have to be repeated, and what if the cat dies, and how is that going to go, and are we all going to have to move to Mexico, and on and on and on and on. Sung can listen to that, and he can do it for hours as though it is the most important, most fascinating thing that he has ever heard. You do not walk away from Sung Lee thinking, man, he did not love me, because you know you are loved. Now, that's sometimes why the well doesn't start on time, <laughs> because he's gone to get someone something that they needed in that moment, or he's gone to meet a particular special need that they have. And because we know that about him, both as a congregation and as a staff, we love him. And we forgive him when we start a few minutes late. And, and Sharon, over in the office who runs our newsletter, she forgives him when he turns in his, his newsletter article days, weeks after the deadline. So the next time that you're looking for the church newsletter and it doesn't come out right on time, love covers a multitude of sins and you love sons. But in Pastor Sung's economy of time, people will always come first. And it's really hard to get mad at him for not meeting a deadline when he has spent the last three hours sitting with a grieving widow. Here's the thing about that, though. Deadlines still have to be met. Things still have to get done, and somebody has to do them. 
And so Peter writes, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. The assumption here, and it's a true one, is that every one of us has a gift. Now, anybody who starts off with, I don't have a gift, that's somebody who's getting ready to make a whole bunch of excuses as to why they don't use their gift. But everybody has a gift. Now, have you ever wondered how some people manage to get certain things done? They are efficient, things run, it's moving. I assure you it's because somewhere behind them is a team of people making that possible. And in the church, and really in all aspects of life, we need to serve each other with the gifts we've got because none of us got all the gifts. So we've got to pull on each other's strengths. Early on in ministry, I would get so irritated with people who would come up to me and they would gush and gush and gush about how much they love Pastor Sung. He's so great, he's so sweet, he's so warm, he's so personable. And I'd smile, but in my head I would think, yeah, you know why? You know why Pastor Sung can be that way? Because he wasn't sitting in the finance meeting, he wasn't unclogging the toilet because we didn't have a sexton, he wasn't disputing the debate between the youth group and the Presbyterian women and trying to keep everybody on different sides and peaceful. He wasn't doing that. I was, so that's why you got a hug from Pastor Sung. <laughs> right? And it took me a long time to realize what an incredible blessing that was. Because that's not my gifting. My, my gifting is vision and administration, which is why I'm a lead pastor. Those are the kinds of gifts you need for that role. It's absolutely necessary. And that's not to say, and I, wanna, I want you to hear me clearly on this, it's not to say that I am not interested in your third cousin, sister, great, great aunt, who may or may not have to move into a nursing home over in Boise, but possibly in Spokane, depending on how the family feels about it on any given day. It's not that I'm not interested in that, but what it means is that I may not have the ability that Pastor Sung has because I have to go address the less glamorous stuff in ministry because somebody has to do it, and if somebody has to do it, it probably should be the person who has gifts in that area. Another person that makes Sung's ministry so great is Carolyn. Carolyn Roskamp, who, who runs our mission and outreach. Because see, Sung is off with people. And I'm off doing administration and vision stuff. But somebody, there has to be somebody who's going to do the details. And if you have ever worked with Carolyn, you will know this to be an extraordinary truth. There is no one, no one, no one on the planet who can do detail upon detail upon detail better than Carolyn Roskamp. And not only, <laughs> that's, it's true. But not only is Carolyn on Sung's team, she is on our team as a church. So I want to assure you that there is not a single event that happens in the life of this church that hasn't been made better because Carolyn was paying attention to the details while the rest of us were miles ahead with people in vision. So you serve one another with the gift that each of you has received. There's no way that our staff could do all the things that we do without the right combination of very, very different gifts. Likewise, there's no way that our church can have a full calling to ministry, a robust 
ministry that God has called us to unless every single one of us uses the gifts that we were given to use. Now, you might not realize this, but on any given week, I end up having to call somewhere between three to five different church members, each week different church members, but ones who have very specific skills that outwardly you look at and you say, man, that has nothing to do with the kingdom, nothing whatsoever. But it turns out that their specific skill set is exactly what the church needs in that given moment. So let me give you an example. Over in the traditional service, there's pews over there, and inside those pews are hymnals and um, guest books that, that traditional churches have. And every once in a while, those hymnals and, and pew books get attacked by these things called silverfish. And you might be wondering how it is that an aquatic animal has made its way into our usually waterless sanctuary. It is such a good thing that somebody in our church has experience in pest control and knows that these little bugs are not actually fish and even better than that, knows how to remove them. Pest control is not something that we typically think of as a gift for ministry. But if you're sitting over there and you open up a hymnal and one of those little things comes out at you, you're going to appreciate that ministry a whole lot more. <laughs> Likewise, about a year ago, we have those beautiful doors on the front of the sanctuary over there. And we, we ended up with a, a very um, not-so-helpful locksmith who did some significant damage to those doors. And then he wanted to get paid for it on top of that. And he was harassing our staff to no end. Well, we have a lawyer in the congregation who does contract law. And so I called him up and he sent a letter and you're gonna be amazed at this, we never heard from the locksmith again. <laughs> never happened, right? So if God can even use a lawyer in ministry, <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine what he can do with the rest of us? And, and there's other things too, it happens so very often Somebody in the congregation needs help finding or getting to the right doctor. And there's enough medical professionals across the life of the church that, that we can make that happen pretty quickly. Carolyn is all about the details, but she is not a gardener. And, and what a blessing it has been to have some master gardeners in the congregation, an agriculture teacher right here in our congregation to get that community garden up and running. There are people in our congregation who are out working in the world. They're still in their working years, and they help this church in serious financial ways. But while they're out working, they can't always do things back here at the church. And so we need the people that have the time to water the plants and help maintain the property. Thank God for those who do have the time. But we also have to remember that we can't pay bills on time. We can't pay them with people's time. So thank God for the people who use their financial resources to support the church. And all of those gifts, every single one, they are rooted in love. That's a spiritual thing, really. Because you will always have the time, you will always have the resources for the things that are most important to you in this life. The question becomes, where does God fit in that hierarchy for you. Too often what we do is we, we give God what's left, not what's best. 
And so Peter started from this place of love because if you don't love God, then the rest of it is just words. It's just words. And, and Peter's saying that, that our love is shown in our actions. I, I might claim to love a certain music group, that I'm a huge fan, that I'm the world's biggest fan. But if they come to town and I don't make the time and I don't buy a ticket, do I, do I really love them? I, I might claim to love the church, but if I do nothing to support it, how much do I really love it? And I might claim to love God, but if everything in my life seems to indicate otherwise, it's just a bunch of words. That's all it is. And so Peter is pushing us. He's pushing us to put some meaning and some action behind those words. And at the end of the day, we're all working towards the same goal, says Peter. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. So if, if you're going to talk, if you're going to talk, if you're going to teach, understand that what's coming out of your mouth is for the glory of God. And if you're going to serve, do so with the strength that God supplies. So, so it's not a guilt trip issue. If you're going to show up and you're going to do some labor, then do some labor. Get out there and get messy. But you're going to do it so that God may be glorified in all things to, through Jesus Christ because to him belongs the glory and the power forever and ever. All of us should be working towards using the gifts that God gave us for God's glory. There are no gifts that are better than others and none of us, none of us was gifted with everything. So we absolutely need each other to do the type of ministry that God's called us to. The church grows when the people give. And you have to understand that it's not about us. That's, that's why I can't be upset that everybody loves Pastor Sung so much. I can't be upset about that. I can't be upset that he is friendly and that he's personable because it's not about me. If my gift, if my gift doing all that less glamorous stuff in ministry helps Sung to have the time to go be with somebody that needs someone to sit with them, then that's a blessing. And I get to be part of that blessing. If what you have to offer allows somebody else the chance to use their gift, and that gift blesses the kingdom, you get to be a part of that. You get to be part of the blessing. But you got to remember where Peter started from. He started from a place of urgency. Thanksgiving is coming. Christmas is coming. If we don't get ready ahead of time, if we make excuses, if we procrastinate, guess what? Thanksgiving and Christmas are still going to come. So it's the same in the kingdom. If we don't use our gifts, our time, our money, our talents right now, Jesus is still going to return. We just won't be ready for it. And chances are we're going to miss the moment. Let's pray together. Lord God, we, we need your help. We need you to reveal to each one of us what our gift is, something that we can use to bless the kingdom. We need you to put people in our way that are going to help us to see where we, can, where we can bless others. We also need to confess, Lord, that one of the things that we like to do is to compare our gifts to others. 
Help us to have that clarity of vision that shows us how important it is that, that we do this together as a team and that none of us can do it alone. Lord, help us to be the people who work with others to bless many and to do it for your glory and in your name. Amen.